Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Wow, the, the dulcet tones of Mr. Jonathan Green just uh, introducing us. I never thought I'd live to ever be introduced by Jonathan Green. I'm all emotional, teared up. How about you, Paul? Yeah, I think it's cool having him on there. He, um, it was funny because I when I when I reached out to him, you know, he was the first person I thought of. I'm like, we need a professional intro so that Sean and I just don't come in here looking like a pack of idiots. And uh, <laughs> I reached out to him, and he said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me do something. It'll take me half an hour. I'm like, Ah, oh, take your time. And next thing I know, like six different files showed up. So we have a few different ones that we can use. And uh, now, big thanks to Jonathan for doing that. It's kind of cool and. And as you say, uh, just something about having a British accent kind of gives us a little more, uh, a little more potency, should I say? Yeah, especially with his and the aversions he has, he goes from Benny Hill to Monty Python in some of his deliveries. So it's uh, it's pretty funny that he gave us a nice range for that. So yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's very cool. So what do, <laughs> yeah. what do we got going today? I think we have a we have our first ever returning guest in the form of uh, Kyle Wyman, who's our Ducati uh, superbike rider in the series. He's 10th in points right now. And and when we get him on here in a second, uh, he's going to tell us about probably the, the best two days he's had, at least so far with the Ducati, because he was able to do a, a, a big test at uh, at pit race and uh, and get that thing dialed. He's got some new electronics. He got some help from the Italian uh, Ducati Corsa factory. So um, yeah, I think he's going to be excited. So I'm sure that Sean Bice has his normal little uh, some lead in story <laughs> that he Googled from somewhere that he's going to be able to share with us. So why don't you get started with that, Sean? This this isn't even a Google situation. This one I'm going to pull from my heritage of growing up in New York State, the same state that Kyle is from. And, and one of the reasons why I was originally attracted to Kyle as a rider back in the day, quite a long time ago when he was he's racing cute. flat track. Well, that was part of it. Yeah, I was trying to be a little shy about it. But yeah, he's a handsome guy, no doubt about it. But the fact that he's an Empire Stater like me makes it even better. So, but uh, there's a... I've lived in a couple of different states and there are always seems to be these towns and cities in these states that the spelling of the city is not pronounced like you'd think it would be. Like an example, I lived in New Hampshire and there's a town in northern New Hampshire that's spelled B-E-R-L-I-N. And you would think it's Berlin, Berlin, but in New Hampshire, they call it Berlin. And I guess they just they don't want to reference Germany or something. Do they have a um, wall? No, there's no, there's no wall. Well, they did have an old man in the mountain, but that thing fell off the mountain there a few years ago, which that's a whole other tragic story to talk about. But, but I'm sure you've heard of the town up in northern, uh, northwestern Ohio where they have the flat track Lima, um, and of course Lima beans. Well, you know they, it's not pronounced Lima like the city in Peru. Um, and there's a there's a town in. Near near Macedon, New York, which is near where um, Kyle is from. And uh, it's actually, it's spelled C-H-I-L-I. And of course, Paul, being that you're so close to the Mexican border, how would you pronounce C-H-I-L-I? Chile. Yeah, and, and you would think, but they pronounce it Chile. And the weird thing is there's actually a Chili's restaurant there. And my mom and dad think because there's a Chili's in Chai Lai, they thought the name of the restaurant is Chai Lai's. So whenever they see a Chili's restaurant anyway, they go, oh, there's one of those Chai Lai's. 
It's like they're completely whacked out about the fact that they, they thought it was apparently named after the town or originated in the town of Chile, New York, which I'm pretty sure is pretty close to Kyle. But we'll, we'll ask him when we get him on here. So. Now, when, when, you, when you correct them, how do they take it? They don't. Oh, you can't correct him. They, they just exactly. look at me and go, it's pronounced Chile. You know, it's like you don't you don't argue with that at all. So I just I just let it go. So it's fine. I wonder um, if there's one in Lima. <laughs> I, there might be. I don't know why I would think in Lima they would probably pronounce it that way, although it's it's got to be weird. Like, are there Taco Bells in the, in Mexico? I mean, I don't know. Why? They'd probably be offended by that. And out here we have, you know, Hispanic names for places, obviously. And like it's right. like El Cajon, you know, somebody comes from out of town, they might say El Cajon and right. things like that, you know. So it's, it's, we, we have that, but it's a little different than the Chile. 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 Chile, New York. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk to Kyle Wyman because, uh, again, as I, as I said at the start of this thing, he's, uh, I think he's pretty excited. We've, We've been following him on social media and I, I get him to send me a couple of videos, which are really cool because it shows him at speed on the bike at uh, at pit race where they were testing. And also from reading his social media, he's obviously excited because, um, you know, he got to spend a few full days on the bike and and uh, had some help from Ducati Corsa in, in Italy. And it sounds like you're pretty happy, Kyle. Things went well for you. Yeah, I'm real happy. Everything's been really good. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on just uh, just yesterday, just kind of decompressing from what's been more than two days. Really, we uh, my guys came in Friday and we spent all weekend finishing the install on the electronics. And uh, the engineer from Italy came over Fausto from Ducati Corsa. He was with us all day Sunday, drove down to the track Sunday night and two long days at the track. So we're all pretty beat, pretty whooped. But. We, uh, man, it was a great two days. We had no hiccups, just, uh, just steady progress from start to finish. That's great. Now, Kyle, I've got, I've got two questions for you, Kyle. I had to jump in and ask you this before we got too far afield. Um, first of all, how, how far do you actually live from Chile, New York? And is it pronounced that way? It is pronounced Chile and I'm about 20 minutes away. Like I'm on the <laughs> east side of Rochester and, and, uh, Chile is on the west side of Rochester. So you're almost Chilean then. <laughs> Chilean again, yeah. Um, well, whenever we had, you know, high school sports, I I went to Penfield and we would always play Gates Chilai. They were that was kind of the uh the high school was the the town of Gates and the town of Chilai together. So it was always Gates Chilai. Do you remember what their team nickname was? <laughs> Probably just losers. The hot peppers or anything? <laughs> losers. <Yeah. laughs> losers. That's even better. Um, all, right. all right. The other thing I want to ask you. So in the beginning of the year, uh, when you announced that you were going to be on a Ducati and you're, by the way, you, you do a great job with social media. You, you were really good about um, interacting with the fans and I know it helps your program a lot. And of course you've got the Kyle Wyman uh, pro, fan club that you're doing now, which is fantastic. Um, but when it first, when you first announced it and we supported it in social media as well, you know, we tagged Ducati North America and a few fans were like, it's not a factory effort. What are you talking about? And it always sort of bugged me because I mean, even when it was fast by Ferracci Ducati, I mean, it was sort of, it was still a, a team that, that ran the team just like Kyle Wyman Racing is running um, this Ducati thing now. So 
Um, when we said Ducati's back, it truly is. Well, now you've got um, a guy from an engineer from Ducati in Italy coming over here to help you out. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal for you. I would say that's that's a pretty good connection to the factory, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's pretty amazing how far we've come in just 11 weeks since we got the bikes. And, um, you know, it, when you look around the world and all the different teams and different series that are racing Ducatis, the new V4R, they pretty much all of them bought the kit Superbike, you know, ordered it, you know, a year ago. And um, we're kind of the team that said, you know, we're going to take stock bikes and try to convert them to race bikes, which, you know, we were kind of warned is going to be very, very difficult. But here we are 11 weeks later, and uh, we do have support from Ducati North America. We do have support from Ducati Corsa in Italy, sending over engineers to help us get started, you know, making sure we have all the tools we need to continue on the path of development. And yeah, it's been a whirlwind. So explain to us and, and to the people listening, like, when you go to a test like this and you're dealing with a new electronics path package and you have a guy there from world Superbike helping, and he's talking to your electronics guy and he's talking to your crew chief, Gary, what, what is it like from what kind of gains are we talking about? Are we just talking about with just how well the motorcycle actually runs? Are we talking about high level stuff like performance and traction control, or is it just all of that stuff together? It's really all of it together. And I think one of the things I'm going to take away from this uh, wholly is kind of like, you know, how to look at um, a racing motorcycle as a, as a big picture, you know, what, what's important and what's maybe not so important. So for the first day, it's basically just educating Darren, my electronics guy on how all of the strategies work, what sensors are used to calculate what's going on on the bike to make changes and trying to just get him up to speed on, on how the system works. So that's really the, the biggest thing for just getting the bike running. It's just my job to go out and do laps so they have data they can actually look at. Because if you don't have data, then you're just comparing to nothing. So, and we start, you know, from the stock electronics, you know, there's no real like easy tuning method for the Ducati. So, you know, Putting the Morelli on allows us to fuel map the bike by cylinder, get the thing all unlocked so we have full power where we need it. And, you know, we started working on some of the strategies, but really the biggest difference for me, and this is the first two days I've ever spent on any sophisticated electronics like the Morelli system that all the factory teams have and the high level teams. Um, the biggest difference is it doesn't necessarily make the bike any quicker per se. You know, you might not actually go faster outright, outright lap time, but it makes it a lot easier to do that lap time over and over again and be consistent. So that's what I'm taking away from it. Okay. One of the burning questions I've got to ask you is I think either you told me this or I read this in an interview or possibly on social media, but I think you had said that you had to keep the ignition key taped under the fuel tank because of the alarm system or something. Is that correct? And do you still have it that way? That is correct. That's how we had it for the first three rounds because, uh, well, we found it out the first day we started the bike. We obviously didn't have the key on it, you know, anywhere near it. And as soon as I rode it out of the shop, the, the engine kept quitting. And it was because the, the key was out of range of the dashboard. So it uses the key as a immobilizer to know whether somebody's hotwired the thing or not. So 
yeah, we had the uh, the key duct tape to the underside of the uh, the fuel <laughs> tank for the first three rounds to make sure I didn't have any uh, false alarms. So you didn't go to you didn't go to Pat Boys and buy the little magnet thing like that goes on the bottom of your car and slides We're a open and the key. team, Paul. Oh, so that's so it was duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> Racers tape makes it happen. It's funny. It's it's basically like a car that has a transponder chip in it, huh? You can't be too far. You have to have it near the ignition. So that makes yeah. perfect sense. But th- did you? So did you? Was that part of? Did you eliminate that during this test? Oh yeah, that's that's gone now. There's four okay. race systems on the bike, and yeah, we're we now have a race bike. <laughs> oh, is that because it had a stock ignition on it? And now you got a Magnani Morelli that doesn't even use any of that stuff related to. Uh, theft or stuff like that obviously is that what it is okay gotcha okay you know those keys don't work that well because if (laughs) sean i think i told you the story about me at coda the first year we went there right (laughs) because it it had that key that you know you have in your pocket and you don't really need it and you just shut the motor off with a push of a button and well i got to coda like at seven in the morning and we were late and they'd move practice up and so i saw josh hayes running so i figured i ought to run so i ran and we went through the whole day and I got back to the parking lot at like nine o'clock that night. And my car was still running. So it had ran. It ran from seven in the morning to like nine o'clock at night. And I had the key in my pocket. So it just goes to show that those things are, you know, they may be sophisticated, but they don't necessarily do what they want. So I'm, I'm sure the rent a car company was, you know, it still had low mileage. It just had high time. <laughs> it went through about five oil change intervals while it was sitting there. That's all another um, subject. <laughs> um, so, Kyle, I have a question about the bike. You you uh, you raced for a long time on the Yamaha, which we know has got the cross plane crankshaft on it. Which, as I understand, it was kind of to mimic a little bit like the way a Ducati puts the power to the ground. It's like a long kind of firing order or whatever, and it's a traction related thing. So, you rode that bike a long time, developed it, um, podiumed on it, got a second at New Jersey. Um, really did a lot with that bike. Tell us about early days on this Ducati. Does it feel at all like the Yamaha? Do you think it's got more potential? I mean, wh- where do you think it's at? Gosh, it, it uh, the power delivery feels similar, kind of off the corner. You know, it has a similar sound and feel, but that's about all I can really compare. Everything else is really different. You know, for starters, the the Ducati has a, a r- counter-rotating crankshaft. So it rotates opposite of the wheels, basically. So it helps cancel out a lot of the centrifugal force. So, you know, all the MotoGP bikes have counter-rotating cranks. So the bike turns really quick, you know, in transitions. So that was something to adjust to. And then, wow. and then, and then the other thing is that the bike, it redlines at 16.5 stock. And, uh, you know, I think the R1 redlines at like 14, six 14. or something. So, yeah. Right. So. Wow, you can really rev the heck out of it then. Ducatis used to always be known for kind of being slow to turn because of the wheelbase on them, but they must have taken care of that. The wheelbase on this bike is fairly short, is it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's still a long bike, but, you know, the counter-rotating crank helps mitigate some of that. And, wow, you know, you, interesting. You get some stability out of it. So, When you first started riding it, I remember when we did <clears throat> comparison tests at Cycle News, it's like all the Japanese bikes, I mean, they didn't they didn't feel identical, obviously, but they all felt sort of the same. And when you get on the Ducati, you'd just be like, oh, my God, this thing is completely different. Like the way it just feels when you sit on it. Did you is that still the case? 
I would say not as much the case anymore. I think that this this V4R is a lot closer to, you know, a traditional, but, you know, it's still narrower because it's a V4, you know, right. so it, it it's still narrow. It's not quite as narrow as the V2 was, of course, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time on the V2 or anything like that. So it's, um, you know, it's it's definitely a different bike and for me, it's just been like, I just dove into it so quick. It's like, well, here's the throttle and it shifts the same way. And I literally have the same brake system off the Yamaha and, you know, just go figure it out. It's funny when you showed up at VIR and you had a different fuel tank on it than the one, the couple that you had before that. And I know for a fact, I don't know if you remember me actually talking to you about the fact that I thought the tank looked big and high. Well, the other day I saw that somebody said the same thing on social media and I was like, oh, please don't ask Kyle that because you don't feel that's the case on that bike, right? No, I mean, it, uh, it, it's bigger than stock. It looks bigger than a lot of, uh, other tanks. It's not that much bigger. Maybe those vertical lines I put in the livery <laughs> make it look taller than it is. Maybe, but yep. you know, I can still, I can tuck in real just fine with it. And, uh, you know, we need the capacity. So, you know, function before form. And you don't have any worries about that anymore. Like you did. We had done a story about the fact that you were concerned that you were going to run out of gas. And I don't know if it ever happened with the tanks that you had before this, but that's completely behind you now. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Thankfully all those issues are behind us for the most part. You know, we got a couple little things we could, you know, kind of, quote unquote, nice to have type of things, you know, that we could change. But at this point, we're just kind of addressing the the biggest problems first and the electronics were the, the next thing. So, Kyle, what from switching to obviously from from riding Yamahas to riding Ducatis and basically being the only guy in the paddock with Ducati, what what has that done to your fan base? Have you noticed a difference? Uh, it's been a huge difference, really. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. I get messages like all the time, people saying, Hey, I'm coming to road America. Hey, I'm coming to Jersey this year because I want to see that Ducati run. And, uh, that's, that's something special. That's something that, uh, you know, you can't really measure that. I mean, that's, it's pretty, pretty unbelievable, honestly. So yeah, I mean, the fan base has grown really. And, um, you know, I've tried to really be, um, is, I guess, uh, approachable, available, you know, I'm trying to like be able to show the behind the scenes of the team and what actually goes on. I mean, if people have been following me since day one, when I uncreated these bikes, they've seen on social media, every step of the process, you know, and I think, I think that's really what people want to see. So I try to keep that coming and as much as I can, when I have time to post it and, and I'm not just sucked into the work, you know, but it's been really good. It's, you know, and I had the, have the KW army this year as if I didn't have enough going. So I started, <laughs> that, you know, started that fan club and people are, you know, winning giveaway prizes and hanging out in the hospitality area and drinking coffee with me at the track. And it's, this year's just been so good. And I think, uh, the series needed you know, a little, little extra, you know, manufacturer in there and just, I'm happy to do it. 
Kyle, throughout your uh, road racing career and even your flat track career, and really your what you were brought up around a, uh, a Harley Davidson dealership. Your mom owns Harv's Harley Davidson, which was your grandfather's. And I know you did flat tracking on Harleys and, and some road racing as well, quite a bit of road racing. And I always thought there was a little bit of a synergy between the Harley Davidson fans. They seem to like Ducatis okay. Um, do you, do you see any of that or are, you know, do you have any of your old fans that maybe have come back? Have you sensed that or am I over, uh, emphasizing that too much? I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot of crossover between Ducati fans and Harley fans, but I think that as far as how they relate to their own brand, they're very similar, you know, like Harley people are so diehard about it and Ducati fans are the same way, you know, it's. It's more than, you know, just a, a, a brand. It's like a lifestyle, like a culture, like, uh, you know, it's something so much deeper than that. It seems like, you know, I think, I think the coolest thing about the Ducati fans is that, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you had 10 people that rode a Yamaha and walked out of a dealership with one, you know, how many of them watch MotoGP on the weekends, you know, right. maybe, maybe one. Right. right. <laughs> you know, and, and of the 10 people that walk out of a Ducati dealership with a new Ducati, how many of them watch MotoGP? Pretty much all of them. Yeah. Nine. You know, so, yeah. so, so that's been the really cool thing is that, you know, I'm just like, there's just such, such a connection to racing through the Ducati brand. And, you know, that's why I think it's so important that they're in our series and in what is their biggest market in the world, you know? So it's just been, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Have you had much of a connection with Ducati USA at all? Or have you talked to those guys very much? Yeah, a, a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, support actually coming from, uh, you know, talking a lot to Jason Chinnick, the CEO. He had me as a guest at Ducati Island at Coda and, and we'll, you know, I just actually got the email blast uh, yesterday from Ducati North America talking about meeting Alvaro and Chaz and Kyle in the, Ducati Island at Laguna, you know, so it's, wow. yeah, it's, it's coming together and those guys, um, you know, they, they see how hard Moto America's helping push them out there and they want to do the same. So, you know, it's been really good. That's great. What, I mean, it's probably way, way, way too much for you to, to bite off here, but is, has there been, have you given any thought to doing a wild card ride at Laguna in addition to the Moto America races or is it just too much? <laughs> I'd be lying if it didn't get bounced around, you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously uh, something we would like to do, but, you know, with the commitment to the Moto America series, it's, it's a tremendous task to try to do both in a weekend, you know, like we saw last year with Josh trying to do it. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's too early to say, I mean, obviously it's probably something that we probably would have to commit to pretty soon if we were going to do it. I don't think it's in the cards this year, but you know, you never know what, what could happen. Um, it's funny. Fausto's like, Oh, just come to Argentina. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's about as easy as going to Europe, you know? So, you know, it's, um, it's just something that I'm just looking forward to seeing what other opportunities come up. I mean, already the, the growth of my team has accelerated, grabbed a gear this year. You know, we've got really good people and, um, I think that down the road we, we would be capable of doing something like that successfully. So, you know, let's, let's try to get up front in our own series here first and then we'll, we'll, 
we'll see if we can't uh, try some of that later. So if you if you if you win Road America, then we can expect you to be at Laguna and World Superbike. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Where, where have your where have your lap times been? Let's let's just say at, at Pittsburgh at pit race. Where are your lap times on that track now versus when you're there last on a, on the Yamaha? Is it comparable? Well, so uh, we were we were doing a lot of comparing yesterday. Obviously, we set up the Moto America chicane so that we could have you know very oh very wow similar. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to really compare. So about thirty cones out there, you know, looking and seeing where the <laughs> where the the holes were where they put the curbing so we could try to find the spot and uh um we were so last year i think my best race time was a minute 43.3 and yesterday on the you know at the end of the day we were in the 42s so oh wow pretty uh pretty happy with that obviously that's pretty great you know and 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 it would seem that possibly by the time we get to pittsburgh you'll probably be even faster because you'll be have developed a bike even more right well, the one thing that's, that's, you know, something that I don't know a whole lot about, but I'm learning is, you know, whenever you show up to a racetrack, you haven't ridden your bike at before with this system, you know, the first session is basically create the map of the track for the system to be able to make changes. And you can't really make changes corner by corner until the second session. So when we come back to Pittsburgh later this year, we will have, we have, we will have already done all that work to set up all the corners. So, you know, this is obviously becoming a huge advantage to be able to do that. And, you know, makes me want to try to figure out how to get on more tracks, maybe get on Jersey somehow before, before we end up racing there. Now you were able to do that test in conjunction with the Yamaha champion school. Is that right? Yeah, that's what we did this week. So, you know, usually I'm instructing, but I said, Hey, can I bring my team out and uh, just use the, the the time that you guys are in the classroom to test? And they said, absolutely. You know, they want to see me be as successful as possible. And it was pretty cool. They had uh, they brought a class out and they went. I was doing like a, you know, a 16 lap stint yesterday. And they they had the class all out in the vans and they were going out and getting out at a corner and watching, going to another corner. And, you know, hopefully they got a lot out of that, too. Yeah, I'm sure it was fun for him. I want to ask you about coming up for Road, Road America. One of the things that I'm always fascinated about your program, and um, I think it's a brilliant strategy. And I've actually told people that don't understand anything about racing about how you do this, where you elevate one of your many sponsors to a title sponsor status, depending on the weekend. Um, I think you're still doing that this year. And what's your situation going into Road America? Who's your sponsor for that one? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll kind of go down the, get down the list. Like, so we started the the first weekend Atlanta was uh Lucas oil was our title sponsor. And then we went to Coda with SC project USA with their exhaust and motivation USA. They're based in Austin. And we had Indy motorsports ranch, which is the local track that uh, I'm a member at in Arizona. And now for road America, we're going to have genuine broster chicken as our title sponsor. Oh, wow. Which was on your helmet, but it's going to be the whole, it's going to be on the bike in a prominent place. Yep. So those guys have uh, stepped up to do, yeah, full time, I mean, chest of the leathers, you know, everything. So um, for, for the Wisconsin round and for Pittsburgh, we'll have Broster Chicken as our title sponsor. And uh, 
they're all coming out and they're going to bring their whole deal and everything. So we'll have the t-shirt cannon going the whole, you know, all of it. <laughs> I was going to ask about the t-shirt cannon. I know those guys are mostly based in Indiana and I know Kirk Roy is there. Who's pr- probably your contact. So I know road, road America is a big, big, big deal for those guys. So yeah, I figured the t-shirt cannon that Dane, Dane Westby used to shoot off. You'll be doing it now. That's, that's pretty awesome. Good program. Yeah. Well, I got, I got a story on that for you because. You, Wayne went out with him last year and shot the t-shirt cannon, right? So he, he, he thought it was pretty cool. So I, I just, I just found out actually this week, he, he got hold of Kirk and, and asked him about the, the t-shirt cannon and where they got it and what model it was, et cetera, et cetera, because he's got this idea that he's going to go out there again and shoot Moto America t-shirts which was, which was great. But <laughs> I talked to him on the phone and this is, this is typical Wayne Rainey. So he found out how far Kirk's t-shirt can and shoots. And then he went, he went and bought one that shoots twice as far. <laughs> so, so now Wayne will have the, uh, the, the strongest t-shirt cannon in the paddock, of course. Oh, I'm going to go well, shoot with Wayne then. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Kirk, if he listens to this podcast, he's going to yeah. try to find one. It's going to be battling t-shirt cannons. Somebody's going to get hurt, I think. So we'll you can take amazing. out an eye with one of those things. <laughs> I would, at least. So, so uh, Kyle, is um, are they going to have a setup for Broaster Chicken where, you know, a lot of times they have the, a machine there where they actually serve the product. Do you, are you going to have that as well? Yeah, I don't I actually don't know if they're going to be bringing any product, any food this year. Um, probably, you know, if I knew we were talking about it, I probably would have found out. I, I don't think they are. You know, we've been uh, just just planning on, you know, getting their their full you know, exposure that they want and kind of doing our part. So a lot of those guys are going to be out there, though, and, and uh, just enjoying the races. So hopefully the weather's I like, good. I like the fact that Sean's already figuring out where he wants to eat. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> if I see that broaster chicken machine, I get pretty excited too. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but that's cool. So they're going to be elevated to a title sponsor. But the bike, the livery of the bike is going to mostly stay the same? Yeah, mostly the same. And, you know, that's that was a tricky one this year with a new bike, trying to de- design the livery to kind of adapt to all the different sponsors. You know, for actually the first time, I, I've got all 10 rounds sold already and, and uh, you know, given – some really cool programs to some good sponsors. You know, we're going to be back with SC project at Utah. Then it'll be Ducati, Santa Barbara at Laguna will be Ducati, Richmond out of Vancouver area for Sonoma, genuine Broster chicken again for Pittsburgh. Then we have lion fuel, a uh, residential fuel, fuel tank uh, company for Jersey and Cato fastening a helicoil and uh hardware company for barber. So it's, uh, wow. Got a lot of uh, a relationships to manage, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been really good. It sounds like the Ducati things made that a little bit better as well. Yeah. I mean, people are recognizing that there's a tremendous amount of exposure with that brand, you know, and, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't be a better kind of program to, you know, especially starting so late, trying to find one title sponsor for the whole year is, uh, you know, it's pretty tough. So, you know, give people an opportunity, maybe, maybe in their local area, you know, where it only makes sense for one round or, you know, like dealerships that are, you know, in certain areas. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it only makes sense for that. So, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a really good program and now we're starting to go, okay, who's the secondary sponsor? 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I have different so, levels of it. I, I got to tell you a quick story about SC Project. I remember a couple of years ago, you've had them uh, as a brand for a couple of years. And I remember I didn't really know them. And I asked you about them at the time, just from looking at your bike. And you were telling me, oh, they make awesome pipes. Their stuff is great. And I could see that it was really well made. Well, it's it's one of those things where once you told me about it and I started paying attention, I see SC Project out there all the time now. I mean, it's like it really raised my awareness seeing it on your bike and, and kind of understanding what that brand is all about. So that's proof positive of how that works, clearly. Yeah, I mean, I knew of it based on what I see on Mark Marquez's bike, so it must be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, you had mentioned how all the fans that you have, and, you know, Ducati's a brand that has a huge heritage for racing, as you mentioned as well. Um, they've been around for a long time from back in the day when they had all those air-cooled singles and they had the L-Twins and all those. Um, do you Is your, is your uh, fan base of Ducati fans, are you seeing, is it older, is it, Female, male, is it, is are you get kids interested? You know where where is it at? Is it a good mix? It's everywhere. It's all over the it's all over the board. I mean, it's just uh, it's overwhelming. Honestly, it's been amazing. I mean, uh, just the excitement around it. You know, Ducati clubs reaching out to me, and you know, people that you know maybe watched AMA Superbike because they wanted to watch a Ducati, and then. If Ducati wasn't there, they weren't there. I mean, people are that diehard about it. So, you know, people coming to the track saying, you know, they came to see this bike. It's it's amazing that 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 the brand has that effect on people. And, um, you know, you can hear on the broadcast from race two at Virginia. You know, I had rain tires and I went out and led a couple laps before everything fell apart. But you could hear the crowd cheering over the broadcast because oh, the Ducati so was out front. And I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Do you, is it a situation? Obviously it's very early days for you with the bike and for that brand. I'm assuming that you are going to continue with Ducati for the foreseeable future and keep, keep working with the bike and, uh, and the brand. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is something I just dove into, you know, I, you know, I typically, uh, try to plan things out but you know i kind of just threw a hail mary on this one and here we are you know kind of just said i want to take a i want to take a risk i want to do something that's you know i can be doing exactly the same results i am right now on a yamaha and no one would care quite frankly that's so, the other thing I was going to ask you is whether you you're happy so far with the results that you're getting, because I've heard and seen that you're pretty delighted with um, so far where you're at and obviously want to get even higher up in the standings. But so far, so good. Is that kind of how you feel? Yeah, so far, so good. I mean, to come out first race of the entire year, finish sixth, would have never expected that, you know, considering what it took to get just to get there. And um now I'm just, I'm so excited for Road America after, you know, putting this electronics kit on, you know, it's going to be a lot of work. It's not going to be a silver bullet, but you know, this is just investment for the future. This is investment for, you know, multiple years. This is not, you know, I won't be reevaluating. I'm, you know, I'm going to be investing a lot of time and effort and, and resources into this for something that we're going to build on for 2020, 2021. And, it's it's going to be a good program. That's great. Back to back to VIR for that that second race there. 
obviously I, I know you made that tire choice and you, I think you kind of confessed a little bit later that you also knew you were kind of screwed. So it wasn't just the fact that you conferred with JD beach and he told you what tires to use. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, I mean, it, what, what did it feel like to just, I mean, you knew right away that you're going to be able to get out front, but you also probably knew it was very temporary. So did you enjoy the moment? I definitely, I mean, it was, um, it was a little crazy, you know, plus 10 on the board P one. I was like, okay, <laughs> this isn't going to last much longer. So soak it in while you can. And, you know, honestly, I was just, I was in the moment trying not to toss the thing down the road, you know? I mean, it could have been, could have been easy to do that. I mean, you know, who knows with, with as little confidence as I really had on the bike, you know, I putting slicks on might've just finished right where I finished anyway, you know? So, I mean, it's just one of those deals. We kind of ran out of time because I was lollygagging on my decision, but <laughs> you know, it was kind of just like, you know what, let's, let's go do it and uh, see what, see what happens. So yeah, it was fun. You know, something, uh, something cool. It's been 10 years since Ducati's led a race in, in our series and Superbikes. So, you know, I'm, I'm pumped. I can't wait to do it for real. That's when cool. you're, when you're racing, I mean, and, and it's gotta be different because you are the team owner, obviously, but when you're racing is how much, how much does it creep into your thoughts of like, I really don't want to crash this thing as opposed <laughs> to it's not my bike and who gives a shit and I'm just going to send it. Um, it's, it's been there a lot more this year just because we don't have spares for this thing yet. You know, we're not very deep on spares and Ducati parts cost more than other parts, you know? So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's in there sometimes, but you know, on the days where I've had success, I was able to compartmentalize that and, and really just keep it out of my thoughts, you know, and I've, I've written off complete motorcycles. I've made bad financial moves i've made all sorts of you know bad decisions and overcome all sorts of them so you know if we uh if we toss one it won't be the end of kwr i can tell you that mm. oh, that's good all right let's uh let's let kyle get back to work he's a busy man he's probably working on sponsors for next year already but uh <laughs> I, we appreciate you joining us kyle and um we look forward to seeing you uh shoot next week so um enjoy your time off i don't think you have much of it but uh it'll be good to see the results of of your labor from the from the pit test and uh i'm sure your crew guys are probably exhausted and their brains are full but i'm sure they'll put that to good use when we get to wisconsin yeah we'll be ready Great. okay sean thanks kyle okay, all right you have a good guys. week sean we'll talk all to right, you later you guys take care see you soon bye. thank you bye